and welcome to another episode of My Liner Notes, a podcast where I, Elizabeth McElwee, talk about my life through the lens of music. Before I start this episode, I do want to give a warning that this episode will contain some stronger language and develop an ultimately somber tone. If that's not your thing, that's fine. I completely understand, and I do hope that you return next month when things start looking up for me. I have to be honest with you, I've been pretty much doing everything in my power to avoid this particular episode because ages 14 through 19 are not a time in my life that I am eager to recall. Between my parents getting divorced, me starting high school without any of my grade school friends, basically I chose to attend a public school instead of a private school, not realizing that due to zoning, 0% of my friends that I had had in middle school would ultimately be in the same high school as me. Um, Then also, I lost the remainder of my grandparents during this time, and also just dealing with the awful reality of teenage angst. These are not things that I I'm looking forward to recalling, however, I do feel that this is an important time for me to relive from the perspective of an adult, and also because this was a very important time for me for music. Specifically the music of one Mr. Mark Oliver Everett. And so, I will start my story with his story. Mark Oliver Everett was born in April 1963 in Virginia. The son of noted physicist Hugh Everett, Mark was nothing short of a disappointment to his father. Mark showed no interest in math or science, preferring music and the arts. His sister, Elizabeth Ann, was the first to introduce him to the album that would fuel his passion for music for the rest of his life. Neil Young's After the Gold Rush was Mark's first exposure to rock and roll and became his inspiration for starting many of his own groups. Well, I dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers... Mark uh, got the nickname E in grade school due to the fact that many of his friends were also named Mark. To uh, differentiate themselves, they decided to go by their initials. Um, In Mark's case, he was M.E., which was later shortened to E. At the age of 19, E's father passed away, and he soon after left home determined to, quote, make something of himself. Now, I could go on and tell you the story of how a man called E went through many struggles and hardships to get into the music industry. I could tell you about how in his life he had many polarizing highs and lows. But if you really want to know more about this man, you should just read his autobiography, Things the Grandchildren Should Know. I go to bed real early Everybody thinks it's strange I get up early in the morning No matter how disappointed I was with the day before It feels new 
What I will tell you is that the same year that the group that he formed with Butch Norton and Tommy Walter, the Eels, and released their first breakthrough album, Beautiful Freak, was the same year that his beloved sister, the one who introduced him to rock and roll, committed suicide. Having your first hit album and losing your sister in the same year. This was to become the modus operandi for most of E's life, though not at all intentionally. But his pain, loss, and suffering would become driving force for his art. His art, which I was first exposed to at the emotionally fragile age of 14. His music spoke to me in a way that nothing had ever spoken to me before. His music, which was born of such pain, was something that a girl with no friends, who felt utterly alone and isolated, a completely misunderstood outcast. A girl who felt like, You're such a beautiful freak. I wish there were more just like you. You're not like all of the others. This was something that I could relate to. Something I connected with. For the first time since the malaise of teenhood had befallen me, I felt special. Like there was someone out there who understood what it felt like to be weird, to not fit in anywhere, to never be on anyone's guest list. Are you one of the beautiful people? Is my name on the list? Wanna be of the beautiful people? Wanna feel like I'm missed? This was not pop music. This was not cute boy bands and fluffy lyrics. Pardon my French here, but this was real life shit. This was the ugliness of life. The stuff no one likes to talk about because it sure ain't pretty. But this was exactly what I was feeling. This was real. Life is hard, and so am I. You better give me something so I don't die. The pain in his voice echoed in my heart. I needed this message. I needed something to hold on to. Something that echoed the almost emptiness that I felt while still holding on to a twinge of hope that things will get better. I was an outcast, sure, but I was special, and someday I would fly. One day the world will be ready for you and wonder how they didn't see. I will also add that I listened to The Doors a whole lot, too. I think most people that knew me knew that along with grunge, which I will save again for another day, 
The Eels and the Doors were the two groups that I listened to the most through, through my teen years. I learned a lot about the life of Jim Morrison also, and even though I found him incredibly fascinating, I don't think I related to him quite like I did to E. Um, there was just something about Jim Morrison that was, I mean, to be completely frank, he seemed kind of like an asshole. So, yeah. Though there were many days spent locked in my room listening to the end. This is the end. Beautiful friend. When the music's over. When the music's over. When the music's over yeah. When the music's over Turn up the lights Turn up the lights Turn up the lights I, I also did own their entire collection. But with E, I was in love. For the first time, he was not cute. And he was certainly not a boy. But there was someone that understood pain, understood loss, and could communicate it with such a beautiful, frank, and unrelenting manner. I learned that he had made two solo albums and quickly purchased both of them. A Man Called E and Broken Toy Shop. Both albums dealt with unrequited love and rejection things that I was all too familiar with. Hello, Cruel World was the first track from A Man Called E. This, I feel, is the song that perfectly expresses the view that I shared with E. Hello, Cruel World, so this is you A broken heart, but with a view I'm looking out to face another day The angry mob, the happy mass, this birthday kick may be the last. I'm looking out to find way. When Electroshock Blues was finally released in 1998, which, as per modus, coincided with the passing of E's mom to cancer, I was poised for more of his truth. This album was far more honest and inventive, with songs like Cancer for the Cure involving such non-instruments as a hammer on a radiator, and intense lyrics like... songs in this album were about E's sister Elizabeth, which I'd be lying if I said didn't make me feel all that much closer to him. Cause I think that I 
I am grateful for his raw and unapologetic honesty and artistry in the face of skeptics. He did his thing, and he didn't care if it would sell all the records. That willingness to be non-conforming, to go full steam against what you're told to do, to be so true to yourself. Man, how I wanted that for me. Talking very loud, but no one hears a word I say. was a particularly difficult year. I was a freshman in high school and adjusting to life with one parent. I do want to pause here and say that the divorce that my parents went through I feel was a good thing. I felt like for everyone involved it was better but it was an adjustment and there were some really difficult patches. The passing of my grandfather in 1995 Basically, that was the end of grandparents, and I was a young teenager, and I miss a lot having grandparents. Though, for me, being in high school and not having any friends was worse. And then making the wrong kind of friends even more so. Fortunately, by 10th grade, I had fallen into a group that was, well, better, in a word. And I started dating my first real, actual boyfriend. I think our relationship through high school was similar to the relationship that I had had when I first found the Eels, though a far more tangible connection, I think, was made between he and I in that we both needed each other. Do not feel so alone in the world. And by the time that the eels came out with Daisies of the Galaxy, things were looking up for E. This album had the same raw honesty, yet it was filled with a little bit more hope for the future. The smokestack spitting black soot into the sooty sky. Oh, 
was good. This felt right. His life was on a track with mine. And we were both doing better. And as if we were friends, our lives had improved in tandem. And I still felt that connection to him. But it was a much happier road that we were both on now. And all our troubles will be gone Blowing out over that bridge Floating up into the sky Making the storm clouds cry And so when I finally got to see the Eels in concert, it was quite possibly one of the greatest experiences of my young teenage life. It's going to be all right. And from here, I would go on to still continue to love the Eels, and I do still love the Eels, but far more from an artistic perspective. Um, E, I think, had the same genius that his father, the physicist, had. However, he used his particular genius for music, and I appreciate the hell out of that because he really taught me what music could be and that you didn't have to play instruments and you didn't have to have a plan, really. You could just do what felt right. And much as E is quoted in his autobiography, which if you're interested, you should really read, as saying that music saved his life. So, too, did his music save my life. Being a depressed teen is a damn hard thing. But because I found his music and learned about his life story, I was able to see how pain and loss are a part of life. But they are not all life has to offer. Something is sacred in your eyes And something to believe On a rainy day And as the world will blow to bits I'll cradle you and hold you tight There is beauty in this world, so long as there are people willing to speak their truth. There is good in this world, so long as we are willing to hold on through the dark times. There really is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it is the most spectacular and pure light the world has to offer. We just have to hold on to something real. And when we're ready, we can let go and we too can soar. 
Speak your truth. Be honest about your pain. This too shall pass. And you will grow stronger. So in the end I'd like to say That I'm a very thankful man I tried to make the most of my situations And enjoy what I had I knew true love and I knew passion And the difference between the two And I had some regrets But if I had to do it all again Well, it's something I'd like to I ended up parting ways with most of my high school friends and my high school boyfriend. And I do believe that this was ultimately for the best. Uh, I met a lot of people in college who really understood me and I was given permission to be weird and creative and artistic. However, with this freedom, I became fiery and emotionally unstable. That is, until I met the man that would become my rock, my Polaris, if you'll allow me, and showed me that love is... He was home. But more on that next month. This has been another episode of My Liner Notes. You can follow me on Twitter at My Liner Notes with a Z. And you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. As always, all the songs from today's episode will be found in the show notes, and you can email me at mylinernotes at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will find out what happens.